Thank you so much, Tony. My knees are shaking, but it's fine. Are you all well? Good. It's really a privilege to stand here in front of you. Um, I do recognize this is a big responsibility, and I really thank you as, as eldership team for the, for the opportunity. And um, yeah, sorry for my voice. Um, I don't usually sound like this, but it's fine. Okay, so just to get the nerves a bit... Uh, just to minimize it, I'm going to read us two jokes that uh, I, was, I was lying in bed with my wife and I was laughing. And she's like, what's going on? And I read it to her and she also laughed. So I know it's funny because Lisa, Lisa won't just laugh at anything. She will laugh when it's funny. So the bragging boys, <clears throat> three boys in the schoolyard were bragging about their fathers. The first boy says, my dad scribbles a few words on a piece of paper. He then calls it a poem. They give him $50. The second boy says, that's nothing. My dad scribbles a few words on a piece of paper. <clears throat> he calls it a song and they give him $100. The third boy says, eh, I got you both. My dad scribbles a few words on a piece of paper. He calls it a sermon and it takes eight people to collect all the money. <laughs> so I hope you're tithing. Anyway, um, a boy was watching his father, a pastor. Write the sermon. Then he said, how do you know what to say? Asked the little boy. Well, God tells me. Oh, then why do you keep crossing things out? <laughs> so that's preparing a sermon. You prepare and then you think it's this and then you think it's that. And then you get people and, and elders that says, hey man, let's go and grab a coffee. You know, preach to me. Let me like guide you. Rudo, and I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I've never had that. And it really helped. So you can turn your Bible to 1 Thessalonians 3 as we're going through that. And as you're paging there, I just want to take us back. Rudo preached and he, and he thanked us as Paul thanked the, the, the church in Thessalonica for their faithfulness. And then Neil unpacked act so well last week around the, the events that happened and then how the church was, was founded and then obviously Paul went on and he was captured and he's imprisoned and he's writing this, this letter. So he cannot go there himself, but he sends Timothy. And if you see at the end of 1 Thessalonians 2, he says, But since we were torn away from you, brothers, for a short time in person, not in heart, we endeavored the more eagerly and with great desire to see you face to face because we wanted to come to you. I, Paul, again and again, but Satan hindered us. For what is our hope or joy or crown of boasting before our Lord Jesus at his coming? Is it not you? So that's the, that's the end of two. And then he starts with three. And then we read in three. Um, so the next slide, Lambert. Yeah, so let me read that. And then did, did you, the circle, was it before that? Let me just not. Okay, this one. Is that the, the next slide? Okay, sorry. So this is just a roadmap that I want to take you through tonight. I just think it's sometimes helpful to understand where the preacher is going. Um, so I'll start with, start with stand strong. Then I'll ask the question, what are you destined for? 
then you can do this. You can resist temptation. Then you are officially invited to join the army of God. And then we end with the Jesus-focused life. Because if you don't have a Jesus-focused life, none of what I will preach tonight is possible for you. It's only possible if you have a Jesus-focused life. Otherwise, what I'm preaching is a motivational you know, message that you'll need next week as well. And then daily, you need motivational videos. I don't know if you've ever watched motivational videos, but you do feel you're going to change the world after it, but it doesn't last because it's not an internal word. So verse 1 and 2 says, Therefore, when we could bear it no longer, we were willing to be left behind at Athens alone. And we sent Timothy, our brother, and God's co-worker in the gospel of Christ to establish and exhort you in your faith. So all of us, whether you're literally born again today or yesterday, or you're mature in the faith, or you're somewhere in between, we need encouragement and we need exhortation. And I think one of the biggest dangers of the Christian walk is if you come to a place where you think, I have arrived. I'm fine. I've done everything that the Bible says. Usually when I, when I, when I, when I speak to someone that, that, that sounds like they're there, you know, they've arrived, then I, I usually just ask the question, have you raised the dead? Just, you know, to be funny, because usually the answer is no. But anyway, so there's a scripture that says, when you think you stand, make sure that you are standing so that you don't fall. So it's this reality of when we stand strong, we should realize in standing strong, there's still a growth path in front of me. Even if you're leading a church like Donnie, there's still a growth path. And he always says that, you know, it's never that I've arrived, that's why I'm standing in front of you. Not at all. It's God's faithfulness. He's good. He does what he does. And he calls us all for different purposes and different um, areas of, of, of influence in life. But we need to stand strong. And in that, we need to be encouraged, encouraged and exhorted. And we need to do that to one another. But I'll get to the one another later in my, in, my, in my sermon. But I just wanted to encourage all of us that take heed that you are <clears throat> really standing strong. And for us to do that, we need each other. That's why Paul sent Timothy to encourage them and to exhort them. Because he knew that even though they are faithful, even though the, the, the message he has received is a good one, there still needs to be encouragement. And there's still a growth path in that. The next one is we need each other. And, and the question, I, and I want to stand still on this one for a bit longer. I want to ask the question, what are you destined for? I don't know if you believe in prophetic words. I do. Paul says quite a few times to Timothy, fight the good warfare with your prophetic words. So your prophetic words is, is important because it shows you what you're destined for, etc., etc. The Bible shows us clearly what we're destined for. But tonight, I want to stand still on a very challenging and interesting scripture. Lambert, you can go to the next one. We are destined for afflictions. If you follow Jesus, you are destined for afflictions. Not what I say, it says here, that no one be moved by these afflictions, for you yourselves know that we are destined for this. 
For when we were with you, we kept telling you beforehand that we were to suffer affliction just as it has come to pass and just as you know. So you, my friend, if you believe in Jesus, yes, you're destined for great stuff. I do believe that. But you're also destined for affliction. But now the question is, what is affliction? So, so Paul is writing this. He's in prison. Okay? In Thessalonica, they were beaten. Okay? That's great. Who of you in this church have, have been beaten for your faith? I thought so. Praise God for that. We can preach freely. We can worship freely. I, honestly, I love that. But do we, are we still destined for affliction? Even though we're in 2022 and we're sitting in Pretoria. We are. So what does it say? What, what does the word affliction mean? What does it mean? Because if it means only the physical, you'll be slapped or you'll be, you know, spit on, or, then it's not relevant for us today. But it means the following. So I'm going to try to pronounce it. <laughs> so it says, slip, slipsis. That's the, that's, the, that's the word. That's the Greek word. It means oppressing. And it comes from the word klebo, which means to press as grapes. So I did not know that, and I wanted to show this tonight before reading this. Okay. So how, how do you get what's in this orange? You press it. You need to press it. So first you need to cut it. I asked my wife before a sermon, how do you get this? She's like, you need to cut it. I'm like, yeah, okay, that's true. It's not really what I want to say, but... Even the knife, even the knife, you have to press it, right? So you have to press. It needs to go through a pressing, right? I need to, while I'm doing it, I need to tell you my little one loves a smoothie. So I made him an orange smoothie. It was just a juice today. He loved it. So... It needs to be pressed to be able to be enjoyed, right? So my question is, when you are pressed, what comes out? When you are going through a tough time in your life, what comes out? Because I want to tell you, what comes out is what is there. Occasions in our lives that's difficult doesn't show us that it was a difficult occasion. It just shows us what's inside of us. So afflictions today means to press, narrow, straightened, or it metaphorically means trouble, afflict, or distress. And I went to look at the, the dictionary meaning of the word distress, and it means Physical or emotional discomfort, suffering, alarm, a cause of such discomfort or serious danger. So let's go and, and, and stop there for a moment. And let's backtrack. It says in 1 Timothy 3 verse 12, everyone. So I looked at the Greek word everyone. It means everyone. It means everyone. So everyone who wants to live godly in Christ Jesus shall, shall suffer persecution. Shall suffer 
affliction. So to be vulnerable a bit, I mean, you can't be very vulnerable from the stage. That's just, um, what do you call it, irresponsible. But to be a bit vulnerable, so I radically came to faith. So I came to faith, and then I almost want to say I radically came to faith. So I came to faith, I was saved, I walked the road, filled with the Holy Spirit, great, it's awesome. And then I realized, but there's still a salvation to be, so you are being saved. The scripture says, those who are holy are being saved. So it's not a one, it's as I said, there's a process. So yes, surely you're saved, you're going to heaven. But that's just the beginning, according to scripture, that's just the door. Now you have to walk and you have to bring the kingdom to earth, the gospel to every nation. So I remember coming to faith and, you know, seeing the stuff that the Bible says we will see, you know, healing people and praying in tongues and, you know, seeing stuff happen and, you know, really being outspoken for, for the gospel. And, oh, he's, he's one of my best friends. That was luckily years ago, my, my dad. And he just didn't understand that. And he literally, in my face, he said to me, you are crazy. And if you know my relationship with my dad, like you can ask my brother. He's one of my best friends. Like I try and see him weekly for coffee. We speak about life. He is like, he's my friend. But I was standing in the kitchen and I was convinced that I'll never in my life have anything again to say to him and he to me. There was this, this vibe because he was not, he was worried about his son. Because why are you so serious about this? Come on, man, just, just dumb it down a bit. Like, God can't be that serious about this thing, man. Just like, just, you know, one or two decibels lighter. And then, a few months later, I had the opportunity to baptize him. It was the first time that I saw him cry in my life, was in the pool. So God worked it for the good, but that was affliction. That was horrible. That was emotional discomfort on a serious level for me personally. So maybe you are at work. And you know what's the right thing to do. But you know if you do that right thing, you will be ridiculed. People will laugh at you. People will say to you, you are too serious. Come on, man, it's just this once. No one will know. If you stand up there and you're facing something from your peers, that's affliction. That's something you're destined for. If you say no to a bribe, so we went on an outreach going through Zimbabwe. If they see a ZA car, they, Shh. you have dollars, my friend. I need some. And I remember sitting in the car with my brother on this outreach. And the guy said, no, we need a bribe. We need, obviously, they're not calling it a bribe. I mean, we just need your dollars. And we was like, no, we're not going to, like, we didn't do anything wrong. They're like, no, there's a mattress at the back of your car. That's illegal. I'm like, I can see my fool's window at the back. That's not illegal. I know that's not illegal. Obviously, they're taking. So we're sitting there for 40 minutes, and we have to go all the way to Malawi. That's far. And um, we sat there. I was honestly not in the spirit. I was very irritated. Luckily, my brother was in the spirit. He's like, no, let's just pray for them. I'm like, you know, that is what the scripture says, but it's not that easy in the moment. So one of that, those guys came to faith because we stood the test and we we preached the gospel, and we said to them, look, we're not going to pay this thing. doesn't matter what you do. But there was a 40-minute wait, and it was hot, and it was in the car, and I was frustrated. 
That's affliction to a very small degree. But still, it's affliction for doing the right thing. What if people say, come, man, let's party. And you say no to that next beer. Or you say no to the club. You say no to that club. What then? That's affliction if they laugh at you. They say, ah, man, you're too serious. Seriously. You're judging us. You're condemning me. And that you'll get a lot in South Africa. People feel condemned and they say it's your fault because you live a life that's maybe different. And that's also affliction. So I want to encourage you today that you are destined for that. It sounds weird. It's like, how do you encourage someone? But if you know that something hard is in front of you and it happens and you knew it's going to happen, then suddenly you can bear it. So I want to encourage you. You are destined for affliction. The next point is you can do this. You can resist temptation. So the scripture says, For this reason, when I could bear it no longer, I sent to learn about your faith, for fear that somehow the tempter had tempted you, and our labor would be in vain. Seriously, when I prepared, I was taken aback by the scripture. That, you, that we can allow the tempter to tempt us, that we give in to that temptation, that you can allow Christ's work and your, your mentor's work or those who preach the gospel to you to be in vain. I don't know if your theology allows that, but that was for me quite striking. That you can live a life, you saved, you filled with the Spirit, all of that, but you choose again and again and again and again and again until you get to a place where whatever people worked in your life is now in vain. Now I believe, I just felt that there's three ways that people see temptation that I've, I've come across. One is, I'm just a victim. It is what it is. That is just who I am. Take me as you find me. I'm not going to change. Why not? No, I can't. It's just, it's just that. Sorry. The other, the other side of the, the second group is why doesn't God help me? Actually what you're saying, if you think about it, I hope this is not too harsh, but if you think about what you're saying, it, it, it's God's fault. And until He acts, I'll be free. But then you get the biblical um, one and, and, and this has changed my life dramatically, the scripture. It says, no temptation has overtaken you that is first, not common to man. It's common. Whatever you're facing, it's common. You are not special that God, Satan will tempt you in, in a way that no one else has ever been tempted. He will make you feel that way. Oh, it's so only me. It's so hard. It's because I'm living so hard for Christ. Now this temptation is coming. You know, I'm, I'm the man. I'm the woman, man. Come on, man. I'm going to resist it, but it's only me. It's not only you. It's common. God is faithful. God is faithful. He will not allow you first to be tempted beyond your power. And he will give you a way out. Every single time. It's good news. It's good news that we can resist temptation. And I want to tell each and every one of you in this, in this hall and myself, you can do it. You can resist temptation. You can say no. Even if you said yes a thousand times, you can say no next time. You can say, you can say no. So, next it's you are invited to join 
the army of God. Lambert, if you can quickly play those two, two snippets, please. Uh, sorry, before you play, before you play, I don't know, there might be people that doesn't like it when animals like get caught in the wild or anything. Just want to warn you then, you please. No, really, I, I, I don't want to be in, no, not sensitive. <laughs> so then you can just close your eyes. Thanks, Lambert. She immediately felt threatened and called for backup. In order for her call to travel as far as possible, she lowered her head to the ground before howling, making the sound carry further. When the backup finally arrived, the wild dogs knew they wouldn't stand a chance and quickly ran off. Two hungry lions decided to team up to prey on a buffalo, but didn't realize the buffalo has friends too. When this buffalo saw a lion sneaking around in the bushes and preparing to attack, it decided to take the first move and strike first. This hyena learns the hard way what happens if you steal food from lions, as this male lion shows who's boss. Question. Would you build Thanks. a website for a major brand with more than 200 <laughs> Thank million... Donkey. Thanks, Lambert. So... You are invited to join the army of God. And the piece of scripture is from verse 6. And it says, But now that Timothy has come from, to us from you, and has brought us the good news of your faith and love, and reported that you always remember us kindly and long to see us as we long to see you. For this reason, brothers, in all our distress and affliction, we have been comforted about you through your faith. For now we live if you are standing fast in the Lord. For what thanksgiving can we return to God for you? For all the joy that we feel for your sake before our God. As we pray most earnestly night and day that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. So Paul was in distress and still his focus was on others. And as we are devoted to our own salvation and our own walk with God. So we should be devoted to each other's. We should cry at night if our family members are not saved. We should be on, the, on mission every day with the gospel of good news that brings salvation. Because what if that person never hears it? And you were the opportunity. What if someone is caught by a lion? But we are that other buffaloes. Or you, that buffalo that sees the lion, and you're like, hey, buddy, there's no, there's no chance. And I believe that is a picture of prayer. 
before something, you're, you're praying. You're praying for people that's not saved. And then the, the, the second part of the video where that monkey pulls the, the tiger's ear is just a picture of don't do that temptation. Don't play with temptation. <laughs> the video is very funny. Go and have a look. He's slapping them and it's quite funny. But he's playing with the, with the tiger that can kill him. So don't play with temptation. So you are invited you are invited to join this army. You're invited to join, I almost want to say, this love feast where we back one another. Where we like, there is no way that I'm not going to allow anything to come past me if I see someone is caught in a trap. Please, let's love one another in that way. I mean, you can't love everyone. I get that. You can't get to everyone. But at least your small circle, at least your connect group, care about them. Deeply. Okay, this is great. Job, this is great. Let's resist temptation. Let's, let's fight affliction. Let's, let's do this. The good news is you cannot do that on your own. You cannot do that. And Paul knew it. He wrote. He ended. He said, so this is, I'm thankful. This is amazing. And then he says, now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, as we do for you. So that He, Jesus, may establish our hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all His saints. So what is that saying? It's saying we can love because we are loved. We can be bold because we see God as the bold lion. We can care for one another because we know how much He cares for us. So it's what you behold, you become. If you behold Christ daily and your eyes are focused on Him, you will become like Him. But if your eyes are focused on something else or yourself or eternally, you know, I'm going to do it, I tell you, you'll be able to maybe sustain it for a bit, but not forever. So what, what does John 3.16 say? Come on, this is the church, man. What does John 3.16 say? Will not perish, but have eternal life. Yes. What does 1 John 3.16 say? <laughs> the same John wrote it, just late in his life. So 1 John 3.16 said, says, but this we know, love that he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. This we know. God laid down his life for us. So what should we do in response? Lay down our lives for each other. So Jesus is the focus. That's the gospel. The gospel is because what he did, I do it. Because what he do to me, I do it to others. Because what he do to me, I do it to others. He died on the cross. Ish. There's a cross for me as well. But there's a crown. He loved me so much that he gave his life because I believe that and it's a revelation that, that really pierced my heart. Therefore, I do it to others. He was on mission. So I'm on mission. Not because I'm special or, you know, I, every day I like listen to music that pumps me up and now I'm going to go to the clubs with Jakub Pitzer and we're going to clap it, man. 
We're going to preach the gospel. That's not, we pray beforehand. We're like, Lord, you are on mission. That's the only reason I'm going to be on mission. Is because of that. So it's a revelation that you get and then you live. And then you get and then you live. And that should be our focus. Tonight, if you hear anything, if you, if you only hear one thing, just hear this, Jesus should be your focus in life. When you're going through a tough time, go to Jesus. When you're going through a great time, thank Jesus. But make Jesus your focus. And as He's your focus, trust me, you'll become like Him more and more and more. As we were taking, I'll end with this. Josh, we're taking Joshua to a, a playground today. And he was the smallest there. So he was so slow, you know, up the stuff. And the guys were running around him and stuff. And, and a lot of times in life, it, we feel like that. I sense there's people inside you. You feel like that. You feel like everyone is flying past you in life. And you're just the slowest. You're just there, man. Come on, where's God? Why is it not coming through for me? Come on. You know, Joshua he wasn't bothered today. He was, seriously, guys, this was so precious. He will, he, will, he will just look if that is there. Oh, that is there, I'm fine. And then he would go on. And then he will get bumped. At one stage, one of, the, one of the little ones slapped him like this. He wasn't bothered. Okay, he's a big guy. My little one is a, is a strong man, but still he wasn't bothered. He was just, is that there? That is there, I'm fine. Is that there? That is there, I'm fine. And I feel tonight, God wants to say that to you. Feels like everyone is flying past you. Is that there? Is that I'm fine. That is there, I'm fine. So let me pray for all of us. And then I really want to, then you are dismissed. You can go and grab a cup of coffee, go and grab a, a cup of tea. But if, you've, if anything that I said, you know, touched something in your heart, I really want to ask you to come to the front. But let me pray for, for us. Jesus, we are so humbled. We are so humbled by what you did on the cross. But more than that, Father, by the fact that you rose again, that you are alive, and we worship you. And Lord, some of us, we are contending. We are contending for our family members, Lord. We ask you to do what only you can do, Father. And Lord, then some of us in this church, our family members are contending for us. Whether it's for our salvation or whether it's for a breakthrough or whatever, Lord. And I want to contend with those family members. And I want to ask you, Father, to come and do what only you can do, Jesus. You are our salvation. You are the one that saves, Lord. And we worship you for that, Father. We love you. We honor you, Father. May your name be glorified. And I pray for a grace tonight for all of us in this room that you will be our focus. You are our hope of glory. No one else. I pray it, Father, in Jesus' name alone. Amen. Great. Thank you so much. Donnie, thank you for the opportunity. It was such a blessing. Enjoy the evening. Thank you.